Mike check one two one two. Mike check one two one two. What's happening, y'all? What up? Back. This is episode thirty-four of the Fire This Time podcast. I'm Aki J. My name is Sunny Teray, and we are so happy to have y'all. Going to welcome the people, Aki. Thank y'all for coming back with us again. You know what I'm saying? We here to give you that fire again and make sure things is smoking for you as usual. You know what I'm saying? Put your raincoats on. Put your fire, uh, put your fire protective gear on, cause you know we raining flames and we throwing them out the mouth too. So, you know we gonna talk about a couple of things this week, some some current things going on, you know, and we gonna try to get y'all informed on some things. Yeah, we got a few topics, y'all. We gonna talk about um, the the recent passing of Colin Powell, uh, black U.S. military. Uh, uh, individual uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to say too much up top we're gonna get to that <laughs> I said individual yeah. all right uh we also gonna talk about um what's going on in Haiti uh I know that's on the docket too uh some kidnapped missionaries you know uh, in Haiti you know but um you know just to start it off and then and coming to it right we're gonna do this week's fire and this week's fire is the Chicago sky yeah you know, they won the the WNBA championship. Candace Parker and them. You know, Candace Parker and them? Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Uh, of course, you know, we in Illinois right now, so we got to give a shout-out to Chi-Town, you know, bringing home the first female WNBA championship. You know, maybe they may try to do, you know what I'm saying, a, a Bulls-like thing. Get six of them out This here. is the Sky's first win? I think this is their first one. Okay. Okay, we're well, a shout-out to Chicago Sky. I'm looking at their roster right now. Uh, I have heard of Courtney Vandersloop before. Yeah, I have too. Okay, and uh, but you know, I already know this. Uh, you know, a win so close to us, you know, from the WNBA winning the championship so close to us. You know, we less than two hours from Chicago. Yeah, definitely gonna make me pay attention more. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I I, I checked out some of the highlights of it, man. It was a good game, and then you know, it was honestly, it was the most packed WNBA game I ever saw. Mm-hmm. You know, granted, it was the championship. Yeah, I think they, I think some of the pl- the playoff games they might have sold out up there. You know, this, this so, year, you know, so, what I'm saying? they yeah. sold out the United That's what's up, then. You know, I know they were struggling for a minute in the WNBA, but I'm glad to know that they're getting it back. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, this week's fire, Chicago Sky. Shout out to y'all. Um, we also let's let's keep it moving though, Aki. Let's mention uh, let's let's knock out Haiti real quick. Yeah. So we've been talking a little bit about Haiti uh, past few weeks. And, uh, you know, uh, earlier this year, their president was assassinated, uh, and, you know, and, you know, there's a lot of uh, talk whispers about, you know, the U.S. or imperialist involvement or their gain from that. Um, but, you know, just recently, like we mentioned up top, uh, they had 17 Christian mission- missionaries uh, kidnapped by a gang They was visiting some orphanage I believe yeah. at the, the edge of Port-au-Prince mm-hmm. if, I, if I remember On the outskirts On the outskirts, right And uh, what was the name of the gang? The 400 Yeah, the 400 Some of the W Yeah, and it's crazy Because they got the 400 Like the Chi-Town joint Yeah, I wonder what the number means I mean, it's a new thing now Cash is just throwing out You know, block numbers And, 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 and apartment building numbers And project, you know mm-hmm. So if you in the 400 block or you in the 400 strip, you know what I'm saying? You control everything from 401 all the way down to 458, you the 400 block. Mm. I don't know where to stand for for them, but, you know, they looking, they was looking, they marching through the streets, 
new weaponry and stuff, you know? Yeah, for it, sure. It, 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 it definitely is real down there. And then, you know, when you think about the stuff that was going on just recently with the Haiti, Haitians down there in Texas, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, you know, you never know, but it's like this. Haiti ain't no pushovers. And Haitians know very much well what the United States did to them. Mm-hmm. And missionaries... Anytime missionaries come, it's problems. The effect of U.S. imperialism, it don't know many borders. There you go. It cross borders. It, it, it'll it enforce their borders when necessary and against who they, they please. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Those borders, you know, are imperialist uh, assertions. Yeah. Assertions yeah. of imperialist power many times. You know what I'm saying? And let alone from that, you know, Haiti spent years fighting against... I mean, I don't want to say it in these terms, but fighting against the church, mm. you know, Haiti and this voodoo, I mean, voodoo system, um, the voodoo system that liberated them, the voodoo system that gave them their distinctiveness all these years, and you're going to bring 16 Christians over there. One was from Canada, and they said like five of them is children. Mm-hmm. Um, to a place like Haiti, not to say that they wouldn't be treated fair in Haiti, but the reality is, is that y'all down there doing all types of dirt. They don't know if they can trust you. They just getting over an earthquake and stuff like that. And people is hungry. Yeah, yeah. And the conditions, the impoverished condition right now in Haiti was imposed on Haiti. There you go. And it's been that way since they won, you know, they war against slavery. Yeah. You know, Desilanes, Tucson and them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, that, you know, and the U.S. has been... Uh, uh, a key player, one of the most critical players after the French left, yeah. if not the most critical imperialist yeah. power enforcing the imperialist world regime and its policy on Haiti. Yeah. I the, mean, the U.S. been at that. I mean, they they they've been at the core of that. They've been at the, they was there. They was supported Papa Doc. Mm. You know, when Papa Doc was committing genocide on his own. Yep. They supported him, and he played him like a puppet. But they didn't really care because. The job was getting done that they wanted to get done. Annihilation of the Haitian people, mm-hmm. you know. So and their resistance to uh, white supremacy, and you know, especially the imposition of the global economy. Yeah, you know, and you know what they try to enforce Haiti's Haiti's role to be in that during slavery. And now it's punishment. Now it's punishment mode. Yeah, you know, in, in terms of how, what they're doing to Haiti. Yeah. Uh, for, you know, really messing up the, I mean, uh, in a lot of ways, Haiti disrupted, you know what I'm saying, and and scared and shook up the world. Haiti was one of the main factors that made slavery. Yeah, you know, they didn't want to see a slave rebellion like it was in Haiti. And once Haiti had its rebellion, you'll see it all throughout the writings Mm -hmm. of, uh, English politicians, U.S. politicians, black leaders—they looked. They looked to that revolution. Well, you see, you see that in, in the white government, uh, mm-hmm. white governments, the developing white governments of the world. Yeah, uh, they saw it as uh, anxiety. They were anxious. You yeah. know what I'm saying worldwide, yeah. especially in U.S. U.S. South, mm-hmm. because I mean, right after Haiti and, and during Haiti's revolution. You know, Harold, Gerald Horn, I said Harold Horn. Gerald Horn talks about this in his book, uh, Confronting Black Jacobins. Mm-hmm. You know, he talks about uh, the Haitian influence, direct influence, material influence in the U.S. South yeah. during and after the Haitian Revolution. Oh, yeah. 
So uh, it was real. You know what I'm saying? There were there were Haitians uh, rumored to be involved in slave uprisings occurring throughout the South or mm -hmm. planned slave uprisings. That's why rebellion, they, Louisiana rebellions. had they, a lot of Haitians. They ended up coming into Louisiana and Louisiana had actually put up laws to keep them from coming. Nobody wanted a Haitian, mm -hmm. you know, um, even if you had a Haitian that was enslaved and wasn't even in the war. They didn't want a Haitian because they were known to be rebellious. So like they didn't want they if they knew you was from um like an Akan or something like that. Akan were known to fight, to rebel. They didn't want no Haitian. And Haitians had a lot of Akan in them too. Mm -hmm. You know. But anytime you have something like voodoo and then you have this diametrical opposite, Christianity is always gonna be some type of conflict there. And I think that that's always been a piece of the conflict, let alone from the fact of that you broke away from us. You 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 put the, the dent in the system that we wanted to continue on to this day. And you're right. They never forgave them for that. They And that, first of all, who gives a shit if they forgave them or not? Right. You know, but they never got over it. You know. And the white backlash... You know, what yeah. I'm saying? it's been a it, it's been a vicious white backlash on global, on a global culture, <laughs> right? <laughs> Aki said global cancel culture. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I, that that's facts. Aki, they got Haiti canceled. got canceled. They got canceled by everybody. They couldn't, even though they had all that sugar down there and all that stuff, they couldn't sell any of it to anybody. There was no other independent groups that would buy it, and the ones that would have, but hell, they was under imperialism too. Couldn't sell to India, period. Couldn't sell to China. Period rule. You know, so they were pretty much locked out of being able to survive as a country economically, and the European powers made sure. You know, so, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna uh, say I'm, I'm cool with the kidnapping, but it don't surprise me. I think that in Haiti, you know, wherever you look at, and, you know, whatever African society, African community, African, you know, country that got Africans, African country, however, you yeah. look at it, you're going to find people that look like us that prey on the people. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So some of these gangs are not representatives of the people. Exactly. They're preying on the people. Yeah. I don't know enough about what's going on in Haiti to, to distinguish or, you know what I'm saying? That's well, not really our role, but, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, this segment ain't about saying that we support the kidnapping of the Christian yeah. missionaries, but, uh, you know, we talking about the systemic, sociological historical shit behind it and the stuff that made those conditions happen mm -hmm. i mean the reality is that in in haiti the gangs are not the gangs are terrorists i can't say all of them but when you look at the murder rate and the cause of them it's gang wars going on there really is no police force in haiti right now mm -hmm. they are the police force they walking around broad daylight in the street one of the segments that we watched, they, they described Haiti as a, in a state of insecurity. Yeah, you know, they they president is they president uh, was assassinated. I think their vice president sat down like about two three months ago. The wife of the assassinated president, I think, is on the come up. If I'm not mistaken, and she might be. You know, I could be wrong on that though. But there's like literally, there's literally no government. You know, and so it's it's you know, and and, and no, I'm advocating for a government of the people. Mm -hmm. um, it could be said that the past governments were puppet governments, mm -hmm. um, but 
most definitely, you know, the gangs is causing some shit down there too. Mm-hmm. Because in our in our communities in the black world, anytime there's scarcity, there's always gonna be in, in, in the world period, any group, there's always gonna be some within their own to prey on their own. We've mm-hmm. seen them with whites, Asians, and it happens with blacks too. So, mm-hmm. you know. Um hopefully they get back here in time, you know, they want some bread. <laughs> You know, they want some money. Um, the United States has a policy of not negotiation, not not paying ransoms and things of that such nature. So we see what's the extent of how it's going to go, you know. Um, I guess, as they say, they was down there trying to do the Lord's work, and they ran into the devil. Mm. Or maybe they was the devil coming down there to do the devil's work and ran into the Lord. I don't know. But um, it could very well be that this group that we didn't research the Christ, the the Christian group they might got some allegations against them. It's a lot of those allegations down there, man. I mean, there's no doubt in in the conspiracy world, which is the conspiracy world. I call it well, this specific instance, I call it the truth world. It's already been known how they traffic children from Haiti, mm-hmm. how they buy Haitians, how Haitians are treated in France. A lot of them be hoping to go to France, and they go into France to be up in these houses, children, child slave maids, and stuff like that. Um, so it's it's definitely known that Haiti gets preyed on because there's not really a I don't want to say the word central government but a stationary government there that can protect them, you know. Um, so outsiders can come in and do what they want, you know. They they can come in and literally you know um, ravage the people, you know. Um, but we in this you know in a time of instability in the world and. We just see what it plays out as. You know, we see how it play out. Yes, sir. We will. Real quick, last note on Haiti. Gotta shout out Matt Kami. He's a, a member of the uh, Griselda, you know, uh, Benny the Butcher, yeah. Conway the Machine, mm-hmm. West Side Gun, and a few others. Uh, Armani Seizure is the chick that sent. She's hard too. Yeah. Me and my girl listen to her album. But, anyways, uh, Matt Kami's a member. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He has, uh, he's Haitian. Mm. And he has an album, which I think is the album of the year, bar none, mm. this year. It's called and it's called "Pray for Haiti." Okay, then you gotta check that out, Aki. I, I, that's uh, you know, I think I heard it earlier this year. It came out months ago, but I've been telling people that's the album of the year. Okay, so uh, check out Matt Kami's "Pray for Haiti," everybody. Uh, it's on all platforms. But yeah, you know, he, you know, that album, you know, in addition to a lot of things, it's a commentary what's going on or what's been going on in Haiti. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, you already know how Griselda's coming. Yeah. And he's the best lyricist in Griselda. Oh. Oh, yeah, bro. He's he's hard like that. But I like Benny now. Nah, but wait till you hear Matt Kami. Mark my words. Benny be rhyming and you look at his mouth, you see that little slur right there. He just be looking like he, he, he saying some hard shit. You just look <laughs> like, like him. You talking about uh, Conway. I yeah, think. Conway, my yeah. bad. Just like he be saying some hard shit. Just I like that. But I like I like that East Coast. You know, I like that East Coast rap. Mm-hmm. You know, no, me too. Me too. West, West Side Gun got some album of the year candidates too. Hitler uh, and Hermes. Mm. He got a, uh, and I heard that he dropped side A and B this year uh. to Hitler and Hermes. Right. Mm. He talking about dropping a side C Ty. on Halloween. That'd be crazy if he did that, bro. Because the first two been crazy. Mm. Been crazy, dope. You gonna, when you listen to them, you're going to run them back a few times. Mm. Okay. 
Still, yeah, Griselda, they're doing a lot of good things right now. Anyways, let's keep it going, Aki. All right, Aki, we back after some technical difficulties. But, Beautiful uh, fucking up, Aki. Man, my apologies. Aki. The feds is watching. I think it's the feds. I'm going to go with the feds. You're going to go with the feds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They know to do shit like this from time to time. So we was talking about uh, what's going on in Haiti and the effects of U.S. imperialism, mm-hmm. U.S. militarism, yeah, the U.S. Uh, incentive to keep its global capitalist yeah. project rolling. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And uh, caught up in that nasty business are some people that look like us, Aki. Yeah. Colin Powell was one of them. <laughs> oh, Colin. Not Brother Colin, though. What does mama call him? He, his mama called him Colin. He called himself. No, his mama called him. Colin. His name is Colin. Right. Now, his name, his mom, get this, y'all. His mama called him Colin. He called himself Colin. That's what his mama named. His mama named him Colin. You call yourself Colin. That's a whole different story. That's a whole different story right there. Because <laughs> we could get on some Nation of Islam, break, it, break down the actual verbiage. Now, this man worked with the white devil. And call himself Colin. Yeah. What your Colin connected to, brothers? Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? But. All right, Colin. Colin died today. Colin died today. Or was it yesterday? He died some sometime in the last probably 24, 48. You know? Yeah, I was thinking it was this morning. I don't think I woke up today. But uh, news came out Monday. It's Monday. Okay, yeah. And so, you know, uh, military man. We know him as the Secretary of State under Bush, number two. No, was it number one? One. I mean, yeah, oh, one. Oh, Secretary of State. I, I I forget. I think it was probably number two where he started the Secretary of State. Yeah, he got Secretary. Yeah. He had a, he he had various different positions. Yeah, he the whole gambit, y'all. We watched uh, about forty five minutes of a documentary on Young Colin. I'm just, I'm, I'm calling with my yeah, young, Colin. Young I Colin. I fell asleep on the shit because. Yeah, Aki was gone. You know, he, uh, I mean, you know, Colin, you know, Colin has been a controversial person amongst the black community for a minute. Right. Um, even though he claims to be from us, I don't know. He don't ever really act like it. So, you know, he, he was uh, in the unjust, you know, if like, I think Kwame Ture said it best, right? He said, if you love Dr. King, you cannot love Colin Powell. And it's because of Colin Powell's subservience to militarism, imperialism, that system. He was happy. He he was proud to be used and be groomed for to be a black face on U.S. imperialism. He I enjoyed mean, it. He enjoyed the benefits his family did. Yeah. And uh, that's what he was formed to do. Yeah. I mean, I think Colin was bred from a child to be what he was. Mm. Um, and some people want to say that's a race traitor. Or uh, Kwame Ture definitely. He said Kwame Ture said yeah, 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 said yeah. Colin Powell is a traitor not only to his people, his it's race, humanity. but to humanity. You know, he said Colin Powell is a traitor to humanity. You back in the wars that helped destroy humanity. You know, um, you know, just a little background on him. You know, he was born to two Jamaican immigrant parents, um, and they were both. Uh, mixed ancestry, yeah, right? Both. African and Scottish. I, I, African and Scottish, both very uh, lighter hue uh, people. Thus, you can see his complexion there. It was uh, 
Lighters You too. Um, I think it was sort of some of them, some of that from them that maybe influenced his love for America. For sure, for sure. Um, he has maybe a typical immigrant type of yeah. American dream narrative in that sense. Yeah. You know, his autobiography is called My American Journey. Yeah. You know, Colin Powell, for the time period he was uh, doing what he was doing, he was an important part of this myth-making yeah. around the American story, the American dream of racial inclusion. Mm-hmm. You know, he was an important piece of that. Even the documentary said crazy shit. Talking about, uh, what was it saying? He signifies a new beginning in the political arena. He is the American hope. In, in his autobiography, right? In Colin Powell's autobiography, he quotes Thomas Jefferson in his words about having a debt of servitude to this country and his greatness, right? Ain't that that cracker that was raving a slave? Of course. Okay. Thomas, uh, Thomas Jefferson also wrote in the notes of uh, the state of Virginia, yeah. his famous text, right? He writes about how black men and black people are inferior, mm-hmm. only capable of uh, basically being mimetic. That's not his words. Yeah. But as far as, you know, saying we're incapable, intellectually inferior, all these things. Yeah. Breeders. That, 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 not, civiliz- not civilized. And exactly. Even that's a colonial term in itself. So Thomas, that Thomas Jefferson is the one that Colin Powell, Colin Powell, my bad, uh, says about uh his own what he what he felt to this country. You couldn't quote Malcolm, you couldn't quote Martin, you couldn't quote Mega Evers, you couldn't quote uh Garvey, uh a Du Bois. No, that's not part of his uh that's not part of his joint. You know what you I'm saying? You quote a European colonial master. But then you know what? And I I that, that they go back to his upbringing, you know. Um, I've always said this. If you look at the top positions, besides maybe Condoleezza Rice, they ain't never put no straight niggas up there. Mm. You know? Um, This is why when I look at Colin, I think I've never heard him really speak to black issues, especially when you were coming up in the 80s, the 70s, the 90s. You seen the crime crime bill of 90, what was that, 95? You know what I'm saying? You, I mean, hell, you partic- you participated in the invasion of Panama. You know what I'm saying? You was in Vietnam. You seen, he he gave the stats. You know what I'm saying? You you was over there fighting the war, seeing how many brothers was getting killed, how many of the percentage of the brothers was over there. And it's like, you didn't have a sense. I never sensed a sense of closeness to us. No, he never, I mean, he, he in, in what the documentary we watched, it seemed like his first experience with racism when he was, you know, training to be in the military. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is after he already spent time in college. So mm-hmm. he didn't have the typical upbringing. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and let alone from that, like people try to, and that's what I hate when I hear people always throw Harlem out there. Mm-hmm. People don't understand. Harlem is like Compton. If you go to Compton, you got the hood. You also got mansions. Mm-hmm. You got a middle class and an upper class over there. Harlem's the same way. You can clearly look at the pictures that he was taking as a teenager, as a child. He was in the finer part of Harlem. Mm-hmm. He wasn't down there with with Nicky Barnes and 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 um, you know what I'm saying the Bumpy Johnsons and them was at. He mm-hmm. wasn't down there with them, you know. Not to say that his parents maybe didn't interact with you know, but they wasn't down there with them. It's a difference 
when you take somebody who comes from somewhere else and bring them over here, and the United States has a habit of love putting those putting people up there as representatives of us, but they pretty much saying we we'll never put one of you up there. Oh yeah, so Col- they never let him stay nowhere long. Yeah, because they always they're treating him like a pawn his whole career. Mm-hmm. These different presidents, especially the Republican ones. Yeah. Uh, both of the Bushes, and it, I mean, he didn't start. He started with Reagan. Reagan is yeah. The, Ronald Reagan is the one that put him on. Yeah. So even before he met Reagan, let's talk a little bit about his military career. He got his Purple Heart because he's in Vietnam, hunting down, you know, the righteous Vietnamese people fighting for their independence from this Western capitalist agenda. Mm-hmm. He so he's part of that unjust war machine, evil war machine of America. Mm-hmm. And he uh, walks somewhere and he steps on a booby trap. Yeah, it's like a, it, some time a trip spike. Yeah, it was a spike in the yeah. ground, a yeah, hidden in spike foot. in the ground. It wasn't no mine, wasn't no grenade, nothing like that. He stepped on a sharp stick, probably with some uh, uh, feces spread yeah, on it. Say cow, uh, no buffalo. Done. I didn't even know they had buffaloes in Vietnam. So but anyway, he steps on this stick, gets a little owie on his foot. Yeah. And he's given the Purple Heart. Goes home for two months and gave... I'm like, shit, if that was that case, like, I done ran in the hood and stepped on nails plenty of times with some chucks on. Yep. And I didn't get no Purple Heart. I got cussed out. <laughs> I got made fun of. I was at the park. We we just got done making... Uh, they, it was a black summer camp for the church I was part of. And we, they took us to, I believe, it was like Domino's or something. We made our own pizzas. Saw how they... We went back there in the kitchen, made our own pizzas, right? come out to the park everybody eating their pizza the fucking bench breaks that i'm sitting on and i step down trying to hold myself up step right in the nail mm. in front of everybody oh i ain't get no purple heart for that i can yeah you ain't gonna get no purple heart you're gonna probably have to go get a shot yeah i did yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's gonna be some pain but you know like they we have to make our leaders we can't colin powell was not our leader no, nah, no, nah, he was um, something else. They made him. Um, take a, take a saying all of that. It takes a lot for anybody to be in the military. Um, I tell any man this, whether black or white, do the do do the basic training, training, and you see how tough you are. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't take away from um, his military genius and strategy. I know plenty of tyrants who are military geniuses. Plenty of sellouts who are military geniuses. But I'm, when you take that and you use it for the oppressor, I'm not convinced Colin Powell is a genius in those aspects. Well, he, he he never had to prove himself like that. And I say this: he he was put places to be a political representative for the military. And, and really, what I would say is this: you got a point there, because. The strategy that he came up with, that most of us hear Bush talk about, you know, go in and destroy, crush him, then go back in and rebuild, that shit don't work. We went in, blew up Iraq the first time just to rebuild it and just for them to take it back and for us to have to go back over there again. We went in there and we did Afghanistan like that. Blew it up, built it back up, do some military weapons over there. They took it right back, and they kicked your ass right back out. I don't advocate war, but I can tell you just from a, a, a street warrior's perspective, that was one of the weakest 
<laughs> strategies in war, let alone from it being an unjust war. So it only makes right sense that your strategies wouldn't work out, especially when you're fighting an unjust war. You never question. You never, uh, you never, did you ever sit back and think, you know, even about how this would affect, you know, um, the people that look up to you. But like I say, I have rarely found black people from the hood that look up to Colin Powell. There's nothing about him that screams that he's one of us. And I'm not even talking about the, 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 the parent thing. I'm talking about far as just your closeness and connection to us. When Barack Obama came around black people, yeah, true indeed, he fronted. He fronted a little bit, but at least he tried. You know, Colin has always been that puppet for them. So, you know, you know, he got kids and, you know, I guess they going to be proud of him. You know, my father, I mean, my grandfather was in the military, you know. Um, your father was in the military. My grandfather as well, you know. Um, it's never to take anything away from their service, but at least for those people, we could say that they probably didn't know. You know, mm -hmm. they came from an era in time where, you know, in America, it wasn't much for us. And without that nationalism yet hitting them, you know what I'm saying? They, they went, you know, and every, did the best route. Every lineage has got to have that change agent. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and, uh, it was the, them who told me, "Don't fuck with the military." Mm -hmm. So you know, you had to have somebody to walk in first to be able to tell you what it was about. Mm -hmm. For know. sure. But you know, on Powell and what he did as part of the military, you know, he was uh, an essential mind behind the invasion of Panama. Yeah, by U.S. troops to throw out. Uh, was that? Uh, no, no, no. Oh. I'm thinking about Granada. He was part of Granada as well. That's part of Granada too. Grenada. Grenada that threw out Maurice Bishop. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, he was in the military then, and he was oh. instructing. I think he was inst instructing one of the pre. You would sleep on that part. He was instructing the president <laughs> uh, in office at the time with that. Uh, but also, I'm reading here on the uh, the Guardian website key facts about Powell's life. Powell helped negotiate the return of former Haitian president Sean Bertan uh, Aristide Aristide. Uh, Haiti's first democratically elected president in 1994. So he's also, you know what I'm saying, connected to Haiti and not, a, you know, some outside element. Now you said that was in 1994? Yeah. Who was over there in 1994 doing dirt? The U.S.? No, them two, but who else? Who, who, who was leading the way? Who? Oh, the Clintons. There you go. So, yeah, I mean, the, the Clintons was doing hella dirt. You know what I'm saying? So, so I, I mean, the Clintons orchestrated this so-called democratic move and push on Haiti. Yeah. That was just really uh hiding their interests, obscuring the US political economic interests in Haiti. Yeah. Uh so yeah, he was part of that. I mean anything deep. So he he's he so Colin Powell is an essential black face in the mix, right? Yeah. Politically speaking. And so when the when the US is doing these things against uh you know these countries that are got our people there. Yeah. I mean what and it's funny too because like what was kind of Lisa Rice's position? She was Secretary of uh, State at one point, or am I tripping? Because, see, pretty much Colin Powell was number four in the country. 
Yeah, the president, vice president, another physician, and then he would be next. Secretary of State from 05 to 09 and National Security Advisor 01 to 05. Mm. That's Condoleezza Rice. Okay, then. So she, I know she, her and him have the high, have had the highest positions mm-hmm. uh, as African American outside of Obama. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I say two of them are questionable, but <laughs> we'll leave that for another discussion. You know, um, so think about that tandem. The whole first decade of the two thousands, first is Colin Powell, Secretary of State, and then Condoleezza Rice. They served from 01 to 09 consecutively. Yeah. Mm. So th- this is a concerted effort by the U.S. state. And it- it's propaganda mm. a- at some point, even though it's so institutionalized and made normal. Yeah. Right. To have a black face for the secretary of state. Yeah. We're gonna- so the U.S., a white supremacist country born out of the enslavement of our people, Aki, for a whole decade during this war on terror that starts in 01, what, yeah. 2001, right? Yeah. I mean, war on terror. Yeah, two thousand one. Yeah, two thousand one officially. With the yeah, with the September eleventh attacks. Yeah. So, with that year, it begins. You have in the face of the, those that we enslaved. This is helps. They, they are essential in helping to inaugurate this color blindness, racial blindness type of paradigm that we're living under now. Yeah. You know uh, that we certainly lived under all the way through the Obama years. Yeah. I think you know now it's fun. It's finally kind of being confronted as bullshit yeah but you know Condoleezza Rice and Colin Powell are essential to that yeah they're what they're before Obama arrives on the scene yeah and and you gotta remember they have to put somebody up there that's not only gonna be able to appeal to black people but also white people for sure and so like um in this how could how could this imperialism be that bad if we got a group of people that were slaves you know what I'm yeah. saying look how far we came that white people can look at these figures and be like look how far we came and here it go how can we, we we can't really be doing that bad and, and, look, and, look, and look, look how we helped the yeah. Africans and that's the catch Tokens. see the the white people are not gonna look into the details of that person's blackness mm-hmm. they're not gonna look into the details of that person's blackness white supremacy fears they got they they have a dislike for black men, but they really don't fear black women like that. Um, that's just part of their patriarchal nature. They don't fear black women like that. And then if they so they don't look at when they put her up, they don't see her as a threatening factor. Then when they put a man up there, they're not they're gonna make sure that they put a man up there that's not a threatening factor. So. I always use the equivalent. You look at a Colin Powell and then you put a blue, black, purple Bernie Singles. I mean, um, uh, Bernie Mac next to him. You think they're going to choose the Bernie Mac? Heck no. You know, not this country. They're going to choose, you know what I'm saying? And we don't necessarily have those politics because I always tell people when we seen Barack Obama in the beginning, nigga, we didn't trust him. Right. It wasn't until we seen his wife. And maybe some of that is off the example of a Colin Powell. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We looked at them and we said, like, nah, these dudes. And it's been going on before, mm-hmm. you know, but, like. But, no, I get your point, though, Aki. You know, uh, they, were, that, they were presentable. That internally, the politics of colorism don't play, play out like they do on the the, the national stage or the or. or you know, this stage of society that we can all enter into, yeah. you know, when we interface, we interact yeah. with white society. And we oftentimes this is a daily thing. Yeah. And colorism is active there where white people 
you know what I'm saying, because of these, you know, meta me mechanisms of white supremacy and capitalism, mm -hmm. right? That they, they, they are socialized for a preference, goddammit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, f for sure, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's just like, um, I just seen a special, it was, it was funny, um, little YouTube clip, and they were talking about how, they were talking about Duke Ellington and Cab Calloway, and they were saying how one of them fought to have dark-skinned women dancing in the cotton club, and one of them fought not to, mm. you know. Um, there's a certain level of, normally when it happens with us, it's something that's imposed on us. Um, in our community, we didn't have light, dark, caramel, whatever, so it's normal to us. But in white society, they have to be comfortable with that person. They have to be able to look at that person and say, okay, I can listen to what he says and whatever. Let alone from that, look at the way he talks. If you look at all of these guys, look at the way they talk. None, nothing about the way they talk sounds like us. No, you do not have to be speaking Ebonics. I just want to hear some bass in your goddamn voice. Mm -hmm. You know? Um... You know, maybe this is a, a maybe this is a a stage. I mean, I don't see black people speaking uh, like black people haven't really commented on this too much. You know, and I don't really think we even look at it as important. Uh, what? What do you mean? As far as uh, Colin Powell's death, you know, um, I think uh, the, let, let's actually talk about some of the reaction real quick. I before. mean, some some people have, but mm. like. The everyday average brother? No, fast. Sister? We're not, we're, not, we're not being hit hard by it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I can see maybe potentially my grandparents, uh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Just because they are, are the collective of our community, the elderly that stay on the mainstream news. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? CNN, CNN all that. So uh, they, I think, you know, it's not going to be no tears or nothing like that. But, but uh, they definitely acknowledge enough. For sure, for yeah. sure. I, but I, I definitely agree. If you're talking about... 30, 35 and under, 40 and under, yeah, not really caring. 50 and under, not yeah, really caring. Yeah, we ain't really caring about that. Uh, let's talk about some of these reactions, though, Aki. Uh, the one that let's just focus on one. We 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 got to really extend it. I think Joy and Reese said some bullshit. Mark know, she Lam always says some bullshit. Mark Lamont Hill was talking about how great of a person that he heard about Colin Powell being. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. And then uh, Joy, so Joy and Reese, Mark Lamont Hill, and I, some other nigga, I forgot his name, but. Killer Mike. That's what I want to focus on, bro. Killer. So he's supposedly uh, a Bernie, Bernieite. Yeah. When Bernie's running, he he's you know he's supposedly all this and that. Somebody who's in tune. Yeah, I think. Uh, what is it? Rock the not rock the jewels. Steal the jewels. Jack. The, I forgot. I forget the name of the group that he's in with the white man. Run yeah. the jewels. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever happened? There? I didn't no. Know. That that's the thing. We don't listen to their music, but white people love that shit. Oh, okay. They love that shit. Look at the concert. You know what I'm saying? So, and they, they do numbers together. Killer Mike, that's one reason why Killer Mike is as big as he is, is because his collaborations with, I didn't know the dude's name, but for his, his Run the Jewels uh, uh, features and shit, or the, 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 those, uh, okay. you know, collaborative albums. Anyways, this man is a chameleon. You know mm. what I'm saying? 
he'll do what needs to be done. He, I guess he loves this country. He calls himself loving this country. He's also somebody that would disparage black nationalism as yeah. well. Yeah. You know, he did that on his Netflix special. Yeah, uh, I think we might have. Uh, did we still? Did we do a past little clip on that before? Yeah, we we or definitely something did. like that. He, he did. He had an episode where he started his own country. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And, you know, throughout it, you know, it, it's kind of like a satire of black nationalism. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, he just not not a really a smart person in my opinion. But anyways, he gets on here to talk about Colin Powell, talking about job well done. That's the first three words. He posts a picture of Colin Powell saluting. This is a black man, Killer Mike, posting a picture of a U.S. general saluting, right? Yeah. That's already defeat. <laughs> That's already, you, you've already been defeated consciously. When you see this shit right here. And, but no, and you admire that. You yeah. admire that image. You know, on both of their both of they apart, this is a defeat on Colin Powell's like, <laughs> part and Killer Mike for posting it. Killer Mike says, job well done, life well lived. Black man, conservative, American, general, leader, example. Thank you for the legacy and example you set. Love and respect, leader. General Colin Powell, Colin Powell. Think about that, Aki. Just because somebody is groomed for leadership, that's a reason to praise them, love and respect them. Killer Mike is a chameleon. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not part of our movement like that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, like... The the who set the tone on this shit and we going I, I put the clip at the end of this is Kwame Ture mm -hmm. what he said about Colin Powell you cannot love Dr King he said you cannot love Dr King mm -hmm. and love Colin Powell I mean Killer Mike man you know I used to see him rocking the red black and green wristband you know uh, when they would be on the Outcast albums and stuff and organized you know. Um, you know, he, he would talk some way. I mean, after we seen those politics from him last time, I sort of was off him. Then I started looking more into him and seeing some other statements. You know, got to remember, uh, Killer Mike is the son of a car rider of a, of a police officer, hmm. sheriff, or something like that. You know, and his and that and he could have very much been a military brat. Um, so you know, these are ways that kids get indoctrinated. You know, Boy Scouts. ROTC, things that have such nature, you know. But for him to say that, like, you man, you was running with outcasts and all of them, you know. And don't get me wrong, they ain't like they super pro-black, but I don't think they going there. Aki, this, I mean, I don't. This is this is Killer Mike, the pot, you know, the political person. Fuck and, what he done, done to yeah, his yeah, art, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, His you, politics is all off. You talking about job well done yeah. to a U.S. general? That, 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 my, my bigger point in all this is we got it's time to choose sides there are sides to be chosen this isn't no just go along to get along let's just all do our individual thing mm -hmm. and see where we end up yeah i think we got to be more scientific a little bit more disciplined than that mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying these ideological struggles they they do got some importance here yeah you know what i'm saying ideologically we got to be more more coherent yeah we got to be more coherent than, you know, uh, calling ourselves down for the black struggle. Because, look, Killer Mike is somebody that say, oh, I love Dr. King. Killer Mike will say, I love Malcolm X. Yeah. I, I, you know what I'm saying? So how can you love Malcolm X? You know what I'm saying? I know that's a step in, in a certain direction from Dr. King, but let's take it there. Because we know Killer Mike 
ain't going to disparage or disagree. He's going to praise Malcolm X. Yeah. If he's given the stage or platform to, mm-hmm. he's going to praise Malcolm X. How can you love Malcolm X and, and, and say job well done to an imperialist, no matter what color their skin because, is? Just because they, well, first of all, he may not really love Malcolm X. A lot of people admire men, but that don't mean they believe in what those men believe in. They, they, they admire him because he stood up, because what he represents a manhood. They not them, and 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 I can say in my life I've seen that many times. So, you know, we always talk about how black power sometimes can be a fad for people, and sometimes people can get black power through culture. So, you can wear the dress, you can wear the clothes, you can do the gestures, and you can do all that. But you as a straight Republican conservative in your goddamn mind, the minute it came down to really talking politics, you would literally be a Republican, let alone from that you mentioned on another thing, the individualist kick. Um, we always got to remember, King, the majority of our people are not. Um, I, well, no, I'm not even going to say that, because our people got a lot of political awareness about it. We just don't, people, a lot of people under, underestimate that political awareness that we have. We got a lot of it. But they, they, the average masses they ain't going to be thinking about it like me and you may be thinking about it mm-hmm. and people in the masses that do think about it. So, like, it doesn't, it doesn't resonate with him like that. Like, he, he, it's lip service. For sure. No, I, I get what you're saying. There, there, there's a general feeling of, like, the politics of inclusion. Yeah. Like, like the seat at the table shit. Like, like if, if we just get properly uh, represented, if we have enough seats at the table... You know what I'm saying? This is a sign of progress. When really we, like, yeah. it, it does take a little bit more. That's why I call for coherence. Yeah. This is what I call for clearer lines of division. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and choosing sides because either you're going to play this, the politics of inclusion game. Yeah. Or you're going to say, no, we need to do for self. We need to mm-hmm. do our on our own. Yeah. As Malcolm X was guiding us to do before yeah. his assassination, all the way up into his assassination. Yeah. And this is what Dr. King was coming around to as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, you know, putting aside more nuanced conversations of his economics, were, which were probably more black nationalists than what we yeah. see in the mainstream today. Yeah, talking about Dr. King. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, you know, shout out Dr. King for his staunch opposition to U.S. militarism. Yeah, he's somebody that caught a lot of flack during his lifetime for saying there are lines of division that we had to choose what side that we're on. Yeah, yeah. Dr. King was asked, calling for us to choose what side we're going to be on. He said that we need to join the the side of the oppressed. Mm -hmm. This is Malcolm X as well, especially Malcolm X. I think Malcolm X did it better. That's why I'm a Malcolmite. Yeah. When he said we need to join the anti-colonial struggle that's happening worldwide. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, if we're making that choice, then the politics of inclusion, this idea that we can be included sufficiently to bring about our liberation in this wicked society. Yeah. We got to leave it behind, bro. Yeah. I mean, you know, anybody can rock the red, black, and green. They just colors of pride. Mm-hmm. Most people don't know the ideology behind it. And that's sort of what I see with Killer Mike, you know. And I'm not even going to say he don't know it, but he don't believe in that. You know, there's a, like you said, there's a lot of people. It's like, I use a good example. It's like the Black Caucus, right? If the Black Caucus was loyal to us, loyal to the people, erected by the people, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But the Black Caucus is not erected by the people, and it's not chosen by us, and they don't even adhere to nothing. They don't go and put our demands to 
demand. And I okay, and on that point, let's end on this point. Maybe this is something we can explore more in the future. You know, I don't want to just leave all these ideas or even the basis of this critique up to be lofty or abstract. Yeah. One thing, a black nationalist alternative to the politics of inclusion in the U.S. government, right, mm -hmm. is to create our own government institutions. Mm -hmm. How hard is it for black people, even with the technology that we got, to have regional, citywide governmental structure that has nothing to do at all, a complete separation from white society? Mm -hmm. Where we, you know, I'm talking about up to ID cards yeah. that indicate membership voting uh, privileges and all that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, uh, and what if we elected representation for, you know, certain things that we can do for self? Yeah. You know, co uh, it's, it's, it, you got to remember that, that uh, everything you saying is correct. You know what that involves? People believing. Mm-hmm. They got to believe, and they got to want something. We live in a welfare state, and in this welfare state, they make it easier. They make it easier for people. They, they provide certain incentives for you not to step outside that system. So it's like to do those things right there, that means people got to get up off their ass. And I, th I think it's going to come from the need. It's not going to, like... Yeah, I think yeah exactly. I, it's going to be a need. So, And I think the need... Of course. The need, Sad to say it. The need for a black, separate, like, black government, you know yeah. what I'm saying, that's going to arise in the consciousness of the people is going to come from the successes of certain institutions. Yeah. That, like, if uh, black colleges or black independent schooling, black education, a black educational system or structure mm -hmm. or... or uh, network right yeah. a black educational network that's separate from the white public school industry right yeah uh eventually if that becomes uh mature enough yeah widespread enough then uh a democratic process for its curriculum that involves you know the different states you know what yeah. i'm saying and their representatives that that's how the need arises yeah you can think about the same thing in terms of militia yeah you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You can think about the same things in terms of, of, of health care. As I always so, say, uh, we yeah. don't need white supremacy to be a nation. And we Exactly. We don't need white supremacy to be a nation, and we don't need their say-so. We don't yeah. need them to yeah. say, yeah. you're allowed to do this. Yeah, we know. just have to do it for self. Yeah, you got to do it, and you got to get to, you know, yeah. I mean, a lot of people, I've been in groups before where we've made these fantastical ideas about nationhood. And I'm thinking to myself, like, well, you could do all of that, and you don't need to get no recognition from no government or no file, no paperwork. The only paperwork that needs to be filed is the paperwork that you choose to make so it can be filed and you registering people in. You know, we do make stuff more difficult than it is. Yeah, I mean, we definitely do. We, we've seen that even locally. You know, in, in progress that we made on the educational round and, you know, get, getting twisted and turned about when it comes to that. But, you know, we're trying to get it back on track with that, that type of organizing. Because if we're on track here in Champaign with an independent black uh, educational network, yeah. we can link with Danville. Yeah. We can link with Chicago. Mm -hmm. and then we can link together as Illinois or we maybe There's those black like minds everywhere. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that networking, that sharing of resources, both intellectual and material. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying, and um, you know that that's that that got to be our, where we take this. And and I say this last thing for me, with Colin, like we said earlier, he fits the narrative, and he's a puppet to some extent. He was a puppet, you know. He's he's part of the illusion. Mm -hmm. 
put this guy up here. He represents y'all. Look at it, you made it. You know, and like you said, we're gonna. I, it's gonna. It's gonna have to be a need for mm-hmm. us to decide to do that. But some of the elders always said that you're gonna be have to be forced to. For meaning, sure. Meaning, meaning, it's gonna have to be uh, outside environment elements that come in and and put you in a position with like, well, nigga, either you do it together, or you do it, you die. Oh, I mean, we've seen that economic rope that can uh, talk about our condition. Yeah. It's leading us to more of a cultural transformation. Yeah. We transformed culture in the last five, ten years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? At a quicker pace than what came before. Yeah. Because of the lessons that we learned. So we had to give ourselves credit. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's the unlodge. This is my last point, Aki. It's the unlodging Mm -hmm. of us from this politics of inclusion, the seat at the table mentality. That is something that construct that Amos Wilson talks about this. Yeah. That in part constructs or renders the world in front of us and our yeah. value system. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is that important? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To have a cultural transformation that that is 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 of course connected to a political and economic one. Mm-hmm. But this cultural transformation is gonna change our value system. It's gonna change what we value in terms of leaders what we value in terms of good work in the community or what yeah. needs to be done in the community is, is what we is what you know some of what we do and what we're trying to do is just slamming our head into the wall you yeah. know what i'm saying instead of trying to do for self and finding out what that means for us you know what i'm saying uh instead of trying to be included in some white shit you gonna shoot one two of ten from the field yeah nigga if you are trying to do for us we're in such great need it's like a layup you're gonna shoot 100 mm-hmm. percent 10 for 10 high percent well, of shots you know what i'm saying but you gotta know you know what i'm saying that you ain't gotta try to shoot a full court shot you can turn around there's a basket right there and get your ass in the paint exactly you're already in the paint but you're looking at the other goal you're looking there at you that you're looking at the opposite goal that's exactly a good analogy right jackie you know we'll leave it at that Aki. Peace. Peace.